wish we were having Christmas in July. No winter anymore. Warm breezes by the shore. Long days beneath the summery sky. Hey everybody, welcome to Bamcast Extra, episode 43, and the final week of Christmas in July. Ho, ho, yay. Yeah, it's over. Almost. We have to talk about these first, then, yeah, then we, it'll be over. Yeah, we do. But uh, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And it is the final week, Christmas in July. We saved the best for last. Uh, Did we? No. <laughs> oh. No. No. We should have saved four Christmases for last, but... So this, we saved the biggest films for last. I'll say that. Okay. They're probably the bigger hits. I'd never even heard of one of them, but all right. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, so we've got 1996's Jingle All the Way. I'd heard of that one. Yeah. And 2000's The Family Man. That one I'd not heard of. Okay. All right. So uh, high profile okay. Christmas-ish movies. Mm-hmm. So let, let's just, we'll just go chronologically here. We'll start with the Arnold Schwarzenegger epic Jingle all the way, mm-hmm. and this and the start of our side project, the Sinbad movie fiends. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, first thing I want to point out about Jingle All the Way is that it features two Bamcast alum from the movie Think Big. <laughs> it features Richard Mall and Martin Mall. Okay. <laughs> Just. I don't know. That was a dumb note I made. I was like, hey, two Pavcast alum from the Barbarian Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Jingle All the Way. Mm-hmm. Um, My first note comes within the first, like, 20 seconds of this movie. All right. Let's have that. Okay. <laughs> uh, my first note was, there are several problems with the way this movie opens. <laughs> One, how did the director get his name above Arnold's? Uh-huh. Because this is a fucking nobody director, as far as I can tell. Ryan Levant. Um, he's one of the Chris Columbus guys. I'm just saying, like, this is the kind of thing. It, it should be like Arnold, Schwarzen- Arnold Schwarzenegger in yeah, so and so film. Like, yes. I'm just, I was, I was baffled by that when his name <laughs> came up afterwards, and I was like, huh, yeah. He directed The Flintstones and Beethoven. Great. Two, and more importantly, opening your movie this way makes me want to watch an entire Turbo Man movie instead. <laughs> the Turbo Man stuff is pretty good. It's it's very Power Rangery. Yeah. It's very Power ranger I, I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the movie you're about to watch. No. Although it tries to be that at the end, which... Mm-hmm. No. But uh, this is a movie where Dad works too much. Mm-hmm. He's too busy making money so that the family can not be homeless. Yep. And boo on you, Dad. Yep. You son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. You're never here. Nope. Always working. Yeah. Where the seemingly stay-at-home mom in Rita Wilson? Yeah, I mean, if she works, it, it's never addressed. No, it's not. I mean, so. it, it's possible she's not working because it's around Christmas. However, it seems like she's home. I mean, yeah. it's not specifically she's, But mentioned. she's also barely a character. True. Um, but yeah, he, he works too much. He forgets all the things. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a 90s movie bad dad. Mm-hmm. He's what you would call today the savior of the family (laughs) right but in the 90s this was the worst thing you could possibly ever be yep uh so he he forgets something uh the kids uh the kid from uh phantom menace yeah is his son well i'll I'll just go ahead and say my second note because uh among other people that are in this i i put man i miss phil hartman yeah and i went man i don't miss jake lloyd (laughs) (laughs) Although I think he's better in this than he is in The Phantom Menace. Sure. 
he just seems like a legit kid in this, whereas in The Phantom Menace, he was Well, he seems too. like a legit asshole kid, <laughs> well, sure. because everyone in this movie is like, how dare you work, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. you know. But I, yeah, I, I, Arnold yeah. misses his uh, karate, karate belt yeah. upgrade yeah. <laughs> promotion. Which, which I got to say, like, I don't, I think I took karate for a little bit, or taekwondo mm-hmm. or something. Um, I never did as something as cool as this to get a new belt, which yeah. is they are presented with like a little wooden crate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they have to karate chop their way in, inside as a, as a belt. Yeah. Which I was like, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Pretty, I, pretty good I idea. probably would have stuck with it more if they were like, Hey, you get to bust something open and there's a purple belt inside. Yeah. But, but dad missed it. And, uh, in, in missing it, he, he missed it because he stayed at work too long mm-hmm. and then got caught in traffic and then decided to skip traffic by driving down the shoulder, which alerted a motorcycle cop who becomes his nemesis in this movie for one of many nemesis in this movie for him. Nemesis. Ne- nemesis. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it just, I, he just, I don't know why Robert Conrad is, you know, an 80 year old motorcycle cop who is apparently anywhere there's policing. He is there mm-hmm. and he just becomes a foil for Arnold for no, no good reason. Yeah. So, yeah, Arnold comes home and is like, hey, hey, buddy, sorry, I missed your karate <laughs> practice. And uh, and he, Jake Lloyd's just like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm just going to go to my room. And he follows him. He's like, hey, hey buddy, <laughs> I saw you missed your karate practice. And uh, well, how can I make it up for you to you? Something really special that you want. And well, I'll, first, I mean, he is just embarrassing himself. He like, he's like, is this the belt that you got? And then he ties it around his head and starts doing Arnold karate around the room. Mm-hmm. And the kid is just like not having it. His room, by the way, is all Marvel shit everywhere. I, I basically, that's my next <laughs> note, was this: that room is way too awesome for this kid. I want a giant Jack Kirby, Captain America wallpaper yeah. and X-Men sheets and yep. all kinds of shit that he had. Yeah. It was fucking awesome, and the shit heel of a kid had it. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think I think I'm, maybe I'm letting the, the Phantom Menace is creeping into this, that's both fine. literally and metaphorically. Um, in that, like, <laughs> I just can't see this kid and not hate him. Okay. So for me, it was just like, ah, he's better here than he was in that, but sure, he has fine. less to do here. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically he's like, what can I do to buy your love? Yeah. And, um, and then finally he opens up and is like, like, <laughs> like, like, like he wouldn't fucking guess it anyway, but he's like, I want a Turbo Man action figure with the, the thing and the, this mm-hmm. thing and the thing. And he's like, oh yeah, with the, the boomerangs <laughs> and the jetpack. All right. <laughs> and they bond over Turbo Man and uh, all's well, it seems like. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'll well, totally the, go get that for you. And apparently, like... Well, the kid's like, don't worry about it. Santa's got it under control. Right. And he's like, well, you know, sometimes Santa needs help. What is it? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I told him I wanted Turbo Man. And he was like, ah, okay. Yeah, I'll get, I the, get it. <laughs> well, like, apparently he was having this karate tournament, like, Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, that seems a weird time to... It does. ...have these family commitments. But it's like, he wakes up, like... Rita Wilson's like, yeah, you know, you got the Turbo Man thing, right? And he's like, yeah, totally. I got it it's at the office. I got it a week ago when you told me. Why would I not do the thing you told me to do? And then um, so she's like, good, because it's probably totally sold out right now. And, yeah. and dun, dun, dun. And so he wakes up the next day being Christmas Eve and is like off on a mission to find the goddamn Turbo Man doll. Yes. And uh, because this movie celebrates the worst of commercialism, mm-hmm. it is uh, warfare mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Yep. To get a Turbo Man doll. And people being terrible, like, you're looking for that? Ha ha ha. Inclu- yep. Including young Chris Parnell. Oh, a baby Chris Parnell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but everywhere, every store is just, like, laughing in his face. And But uh, at the first store, while he's kind of mulling about in the crowd, he meets up with Sinbad. Mm-hmm. Who just fucking launches into stand-up comedy 
from the second he opens his mouth, which is just like, let me tell you about Christmas and Christmas is it's a scam and toy cartels. Yeah. It's just like he goes for like five straight minutes and including choking out a lady who's just standing there. Yeah. He's like, they got a hold of you just like this. And this lady's just like, I will go along with this, you know, instead of screaming like a there. There are a number number of occasions in this movie where any of the major characters should have been murdered immediately by authorities or other adults mm-hmm. or something but uh yeah well uh, it was i'll go ahead and spoil my fourth note okay um it was shortly after the doors opened and they mauled over the guy who wouldn't open the doors um and then people were laughing in his face and mm-hmm. you know chaos and brutality and everything starts happening and my note was fuck this movie fuck it so hard <laughs> my it's notes a- mostly stop until the very end of the movie okay um because I have a similar note I'm to gonna, that. <laughs> I'm going to say I, I I almost shut it off. Like I almost pulled a U. I was like when when you when you opened me up to the possibilities of us being able to do that. Totally can do that. I um I came real close. Okay, but I persevered and All I right. watched this entirely. This I I saw this piece of shit uh, nigh on twenty years ago. Yeah, I did. Um, so did I. And uh, I didn't remember it being this bad. But I didn't care for it then. I don't remember it being this bad. Yeah, I I'm pretty much in the same camp. I was like, yeah, that was not very good. And yeah. now I'm like, I. I hate this thing with a thousand sons. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to a point where uh, my revelation about how much I hated it came much later, although I, I it had been percolating within me mm-hmm. up until that point. But so basically, like they're just going from store to store trying to get the thing. It's usually Arnold going off and then bumping into Sinbad and then the two of them try to murder each other and then they bond over nothing and then they get an alert that there may be a Turbo Man doll somewhere and they go into war again and try to murder each other. I mean, literally, Arnold tries to murder Sinbad on several occasions. Now, I'm not saying Sinbad doesn't deserve it because he's just he's all he's equally a piece of shit as everyone else is in this movie about trying to get this thing. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's not funny. The level of violence this movie dishes out upon some of its characters innocent people animals uh <laughs> yeah um but like there's a god there's a- I, I i just can't believe i came to that conclusion of like how much i hated this movie before the the worst of the little side things happens yeah uh, yeah because it, it's not bad yet i mean it's reprehensible but it's not as bad as this movie will get because there's this like they get to another place and the mall is there's a toy stores like we've got like six of these things. We're going to give you all a ball with a number on it. Mm-hmm. And this leads to Arnold chasing a Super Bowl around a, a mall of some kind mm-hmm. and eventually is accosted by a shitty Santa who is, of course, played by Jim Belushi, because who else would you cast as a shitty Santa? This leads to a whole thing where they've got to go to this secret Santa warehouse where they're just selling knockoff bullshit to people and ripping them off. The only notable thing about this is that Arnold fights uh, the big show. <laughs> mm-hmm. there, there is a guy with candy cane nunchucks. Yeah. Because, you know, that's that's the level we're at in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a musical number in there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where all the Santas sing to Arnold. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, but Arnold... <laughs> yeah, I, I checked out pretty hard by this point. Okay, yeah. well, Arnold steals like a toy badge to get out of this scene. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I do remember the cops bust in and he's just like grabs a badge. He's like, I'm detective so and so. I've been working on this for three years. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, sorry, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it gets to a point where they uh, Martin Mull is a DJ who you've heard on the radio throughout this movie a couple times. And he announces like this radio contest to win a Turbo Man doll. Mm-hmm. And they all end up at the studio because... 
they were in a diner and they try to call in and Sinbad rips the phone out of the wall and then Arnold beats him to death with the phone and then they they sprint to the record uh, the the radio station and long story short Sinbad just pulls a package out of his mail he's a mailman mm-hmm. and he just pulls a package out of his sack and is like I got a bomb and man it was at this point where I wrote down man fuck this movie so hard like I realized this was before 9-11 and before everything was bombs and nothing, none of that shit's funny anymore. But still, the fact that this movie goes down this path, not once, but twice, mm-hmm. that he pulls a thing out of his bag. And the second time, it's actually a bomb mm-hmm. and actually almost kills somebody, except it's a cartoon. And it just, you know, just makes him all ashy. Yeah, and, and it does the coyote. Yeah. Wiley coyote. But the fact that the second thing is actually a bomb. I'm like, man, fuck this movie so hard. And then later... After all of this, Arnold ha- Arnold has decided, well, Phil Hartman's hitting on my wife, so I'm going to break into his house and steal his kid's Turbo Man doll, mm-hmm. which, man, fuck you, Arnold. And then, so, whatever reason, Phil Hartman has gotten a reindeer for his kid, and the reindeer just starts rummage- just ransacking the house, chasing Arnold, because the reindeer is a good judge of character and knows that Arnold's a piece of shit. Why didn't it kill Phil Hartman then, too? <laughs> well, he was a piece of shit, too, but at, well, least, yeah, I mean, it's at just least he was entertaining. It should have been a murderous <laughs> ra- reindeer just yeah. murdering everyone in this movie. But Arnold just fucking punches this reindeer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just I, I I don't know. But then they share a beer, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like the kid was like, "Hey, you're gonna come to the parade, Dad? There's a Christmas parade. We go every year, except every year that you've never come to the parade." And just like, "Oh yeah, I'd be there." Um. Long story short, Arnold becomes Turbo Man, and it, it saves the day. But. Replete with whatever. I'm making the notes. I'm pointing out all the things. I, as I said, there wasn't wasn't any notes for a really long time yeah. until you know until Booger shows up. Well, no, sorry. So Booger is yes. I, that was that was a, Charles Demar shows up briefly and um and as a, the sidekick that everybody hates, um, which is weird because like why not just write that sidekick out and everybody hates him and like get a new one or something. Every store has like a million of the sidekick dolls. Yeah. yeah booster. And everyone's like, we don't like you booster. Yeah. No, my, <laughs> my next note was like, you know, he's got a crazy, you know, turbo man costume and he's on the float and he's really getting into it. And then like, eventually they're like, you know, use the gadgets. We actually made them work, which, mm-hmm. you know, sure. Why would you on a <laughs> stupid fucking float or whatever? But he's got working jetpacks, which becomes a terrible mid 90s CG nightmare. Wow. But at one point, <laughs> like, I, I don't understand it because like they're I, I don't know. There there was a there was a very much a like I'm flying towards a building thing is yeah, I was like, great, another we we, we have several pre nine eleven movies where things have come flying. Yeah. It's like it's amazing how many Christmas movies have involve things flying directly at a building. Now I know they're in Minneapolis, you know, a little bit better than sure. both Santa Claus the movie and uh was Vern almost or Ernest that almost yeah. did it too, yeah. you know. Um but it just I was just pointing out it was like, man, that is a awful lot of movies that fly dangerously close to buildings mm-hmm. pre nine eleven, but yeah. He does fly through a building. He ruins uh, a nice family's Christmas lunch. Yeah. Uh, but then hits a building head first and comically like flails like a doorstop. The whole end of this is just a cartoon nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there, God. Okay. So there's one little bit during this. During Sinbad just being a fucking asshole and just like they're in the middle of this parade and he's pushing characters out of the way and at one point he 
he's like out of my way box and there is just a person in this parade dressed as a christmas package and knocks this box to the ground and then they cut away and then they cut back this box is just laying on the ground and other people who are dressed as like christmas ornaments are sadly gathering around the box mm-hmm. and just are staring at it looking at it like oh no what happened to box that one thing in this movie made me laugh like an idiot and it had nothing to do with anything it was just some side gag that su- like the editor probably thought was funny and snuck it in there mm-hmm. but man this is everything about it is fucking terrible especially when they get to the end and the kid is just like turbo man you're the best my dad sucks you know and he's like oh yeah well uh. he's giving all these speeches in arnold voice no one else in minnesota sounds like arnold but both wife and kid are both like thanks uh, stranger <laughs> what are you talking about everyone up there is like uh I, I, what you do don't you know yeah <laughs> yeah but of course he's turbo man oh. saves the day and whatever yeah uh i just think i'm gonna barf yeah <laughs> know, it's north dakota same accent, yeah. accent. um i made one last note during uh-huh. the closing credits where i said uh i might be okay with lou rawls christmas songs there's a lou rawls christmas song over the closing credits mm-hmm. and we're like okay right. i of I, I might lift my my hatred of christmas music just a little bit if lou rawls is doing it because mm-hmm. that guy's cool but uh yeah man this movie is ass yeah i i expanded <laughs> on on my i don't write things on letterboxd for everything that i watch uh-huh. but i i expanded on this last thought mostly but uh i question if there has ever been a christmas movie with a more fucked up moral ever made yeah because it's basically like hey dad you work too much providing for us but the only way i'm going to love for love you is if you buy me stuff with that money that you make by working all the time mm-hmm. yeah. and and it's and it's carried over because like I, I I think we must have watched like they must have like recut it for for home video mm-hmm. because it was listed as a post credit sequence yeah. somewhere else but the sequence at the very end of of the movie proper that we watched um is is like him and Rita Wilson like kind of oh, uh, like yeah. coming back together and she's like now what about mine and it like zooms in and I'm like dun 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 like I didn't get anything for her either yep and it's I don't know it's just kind of like fuck you even harder like i mean it's just like it's, it's like a, it's like a stinger it's like a nail in the it, yeah. fuck you coffin yes, really like at the end just i, I yeah. don't know i just yeah it's a fucking morally bankrupt yeah cartoon piece of shit yeah it's just it's not good no no it's not um it is so not good i'm giving it four bags yeah um there, there were just little tiny things here and there like i know phil hartman is a piece of shit in this movie but just having phil hartman here made sure. me happy so yeah i couldn't right. quite go five because i didn't shut it off <laughs> yeah all right fine I, by that token i'll give it four okay. i mean i'm i'm pretty close to getting to five because i fucking hate this thing and now i i mean now i'm old enough that i remember like don't ever watch this movie oh yeah ever no, no, no. ever again no i mean like i did like the the weird little power rangers show at the beginning i love the fact that for whatever reason harvey corman is the president of the united states well that Lorraine newman's his wife i <laughs> yeah. mean it's, it's weird and richard ball's the bad guy yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's all weird and good but yeah yeah but yeah man th- this is society has changed so much since this movie like i i i honestly don't remember a time when this kind of level of violence was considered fun in the 90s like but the, everything about this movie just goes to show what a fucking blank piece of paper the 90s were where no one gave a shit about anything so literally anything could be the subject for 
a comedy, right. bombs and and you know commercial yeah. violence. And, and, and I mean, like, okay, just just in case you're like you're somebody that's listening and you're like, uh, why are you looking at this movie through a modern lens? Mm-hmm. I, even if you toss out everything that could be quote unquote problematic about this movie, mm-hmm. it's it's fucking stupid. Absolutely, like, like it, it's just it's just a bad movie too. Yeah. On top of all that, like. Yeah. I I I am very easily able to overlook something like I still like Breakfast at Tiffany's despite Mickey mm-hmm. Rooney's presence in that movie. Mm-hmm. However, like this movie is just bad on the surface. It has bad morals and even worse. Like I mean, it, it feels like it kind of goes beyond morals. Just like what are you trying to say here? Like what what is the point? Like yeah, maybe he works a little too hard and maybe doesn't pay enough attention to his family, but like. That also doesn't justify, like, nobody's behavior justifies anything that happens in this movie. Right. So it's just, like, on all accounts, it's bad. Yeah. And it just, like, when you have a bad movie, that it's just anything that's problematic by today's, you know, viewpoints is magnified because yep. it's, like, it's just bad anyway. <laughs> I don't have to forgive any of this. And, I mean, Arnold has been funny. Like, legit sure. funny in things. But, like, his... Everything he's to do in this that is considered comedic is so broad and so badly written that you just feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Like if this was the first time you're you're seeing him not in an action movie, you would go, "Oh man, he sucks." Yeah. And you know he's done funnier things before, so yeah, just the bad people made this movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to our second film. Okay. Our final film. Which is 2000's The Family Man, uh-huh. starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed by Brett Ratner. <laughs> yep. A uh, number of people are in this movie. Tia Leone. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Piven. So. I'm, uh, before we start, I'm going to throw it out. Okay. I like Jeremy Piven. I know Jeremy Piven takes a lot of shit. I like him. There's something about him that is... People like shitting on Jeremy Piven for reasons I've never understood he's, why. He's, a, like, even when he's being an asshole, there is something charismatic about him. And I can't, like, that's something I, can, I can't I can say about a lot of people. Like, there are a lot of people that play, like, even when he plays assholes, there is something just charismatic about him. And I can't put my finger on it. Like, I've always liked him. Yeah. I, From my understanding, it's something about him in, in his real life that he's a piece of shit oh, okay. to other people, maybe. But anytime I've ever seen him, I've been like, yeah. I like Jeremy Piven. Yeah, I just throw that out there. Like when he showed up, I, that that brightened my movie a little bit. I was like, I like Jeremy. Piven. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I like Jeremy Piven. I, I'm with you. Okay, I'm with you on that. So, uh, this takes what you were saying specifically during uh, our Four Christmases episode mm-hmm. to the next level, really. Uh, yes, because ish. this is okay. So the film opens and it is 1987. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, Nicolas Cage and Tia Leone are at the airport, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to, to London. Right. I've got this internship. It's going to be great. I'll come back, and we will start our lives together. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I know we agreed on that, but hey, how about this? Don't go. How about stay here with me? And she's like super upset, and su- just please stay. And he's like, we can't make this kind of decision right now. i got to get on the plane. Get on the plane. Mm-hmm. So he gets on the plane. Basically, like, I love you now. I'll love you in a year yeah. from now when, when I do this thing that's going to be really good for my career. Right. Uh, then it's 13 years later, mm-hmm. and he didn't do that. <laughs> well, yeah, like, he went and never came back, right. and they more or less broke broke up. Yeah. Pre- yeah. That's that's the assumption that mm-hmm. you make. He 
He is now running a company. Um, like a mergers and acquisitions company, some, something some, like some that. Some bullshit yeah. company. Who knows what the fuck they do. But for all intents and purposes, he is an okay guy. I would even go as far to say he is a good guy. There's there's nothing demonstrated in the time period that we get to know him before the events well, of this movie transpire. I mean, uh, I mean, you you could kind of say like, well, it's kind of shitty that he's calling everybody in on Christmas Day. Right. But later in the movie, it turns out they all would have had to come in anyway, because whatever he was talking about is going into full meltdown. Right. So aside from him working all the time, he doesn't have a family. He, he was one of those. He's one of those guys who was like wise enough not to have a family if he's going to work all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's nice to everybody. I mean, like, yeah, they have to come in, but he's not being a dick about it. No, no. Um, and it's not like it's a we got to just work on Christmas Day. It's a this is the biggest thing we will ever have to do. And you will be floating in money for the rest of your lives once this is done. Mm-hmm. That's worth coming in at noon on Christmas, maybe. Sure. Um, I, I think the movie kind of wants to paint him as like a womanizer kind of guy. But he's just he has had sex with a pretty lady mm-hmm. and is just like, would you like to come back tomorrow and we could go out or something? And she's like, well, I got things to do. And he's like, yeah, me, too. There's nothing gross about that. No, no, no. you're allowed to have sex with other people. I know. So (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. That's a, that's a rule. You're allowed to do that. So all of these things are happening and you're like, well, he seems like, he seems like an okay guy. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, he goes into a convenience store as you do in New York. And, uh, what usually happens in movies in New York convenience stores is that they get robbed. Mm -hmm. And so, so Don Cheadle comes in and is going to rob this store. Well, because he's trying to cash a lottery ticket and he's not really trying to rob it. It's just that like they're saying that he is a scam artist. And- yeah. The guy from Lost is not having any of this. And one thing leads to another. Nicholas Cage tries to defuse the situation yeah. by just saying, hey, buddy, I'll buy your lottery ticket from you. And yeah, like not a scratcher. He's got like a lot of like yeah. a. Like a printed, pick, pick computer printed thing. Lotto ticket, yeah. whatever. And and he's like, I got four numbers. That's worth 238 bucks or whatever, something right. like that. And and the guy's like, no, you take a pencil and fill in the numbers. And I, I don't believe you go somewhere else. And Nicolas Cage is like, hey, buddy, like, I, I'll I'll buy the ticket from you. I'll give you 200 bucks. I'll take it somewhere else and cash for two. And I make 38 bucks. We're all, we're all happy here. How, how's that sound? Yeah. So he totally diffuses the situation. Mm-hmm. Again, he didn't have to do this. Right. He was in the back of the store buying eggnog. I mean, he didn't have to do this. So he totally diffuses the situation. They go outside, and Don Cheadle's like, okay, well, you're in for a surprise. Things are going to happen. Well, well, he's basically like, you know, he's like, hey, well, Nicholas Cage basically continues. He's like, hey, man, you know, you don't have to do stuff like this. I could probably yeah, help he, you he out. He continues I could, like, being a good guy. It's like, like, you probably going to have to work hard, but, you know, yeah, we can, I can get you out of this life. Yeah, I can, and, get, I can probably get you a job, like, you yeah. know, mailroom or something like that, and you work your way up. And, and Don Cheadle's just like, man, you were just so... And he's just like, dude, I think every, everybody <laughs> has something that they want. And he's and, and Don Cheadle's basically like, well, what do you want? He's like, well, actually, I'm, I'm kind of good. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. I got it. He's, he's like, like, oh, that's so you think. Yeah. <laughs> You're in for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he goes home, falls asleep, wakes up the next day, and he's in a house in suburbs of New Jersey mm-hmm. with Taya Leone and two kids, and two and kids, dog. two kids and a dog. Yeah, and this starts a whole like, oh no, I'm because he has total memory of not none of this is real. Right, they all think it's real, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is absolutely, and he immediately just like zombies his way out of the house and just drives back to his apartment. <laughs> in new york mm-hmm. and no one there knows who he is they won't let him in 
And uh, Don Cheadle drives up in his Ferrari <laughs> and takes him for a ride. Listening to the Pavarotti that he was listening to. Oh, yeah. So there's early on, Nicolas Cage is like, he's like rehearsing singing for something. And he just fucking goes for it. I mean, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is on in this movie. Like, movies that he should not be on for, he's on. Mm-hmm. Like, he is, you're getting some Nick Cage that you enjoy in this. Well, my favorite part is, like, he's, you know, he's bellowing out the Pavarotti in his, in his apartment. And then he's, like, continuing in the elevator and it's stopping on a floor and he stops very suddenly. And this, you know, prim and proper lady gets yeah. on, like, you know, probably 20 years older than him. <laughs> yes. And and she's like, you don't have to stop singing on my account. <laughs> Yep, and they have weird sexual flirting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he he just immediately bailed out of there and went back home. And home is like, you don't live here. And mm-hmm. he tries to go to work, and they're like, no, sir, you get the hell out of here. So he kind of reluctantly. Yeah, Don Cheadle rolls up, and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm giving you a glimpse of what you could have had. Yeah, and he's like, he's like I don't want to, f- I don't want a glimpse. Put me back. <laughs> and, and, and Don Cheadle's basically like, yeah, we'll deal with it. <laughs> and he hands him a a bicycle bell, yeah. like a you know, and then. It's like you're gonna need this, and then basically tricks him into getting out of the car. He's like, he's like, you can't just leave. Like, I, I need you. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, here, let me pull over here, and like opens his door up a crack, and Nicholas Cage gets out of the car and just <laughs> peels out and leaves yeah. him. So yeah, he's got this bicycle bell, and you know, and meanwhile he's like wanders his way close because like he doesn't know where he lives you no, know in new no, jersey he, he tries he's, he goes back to the general area yeah, he's where he was pretty close and he stops and there's jeremy piven yeah. like doing like putting out garbage or something and he's like hey could you tell me where it you know so-and-so and he's like ah you uh, big kidder come get on get in, in here, here. <laughs> and it turns out it's like his best friend yeah. <laughs> takes him down to his man cave basement thing and they have a little talk and he's just like yeah man you know like what are you doing? <laughs> like, we can't disappear. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Kate? Is that his last yes. name? Yeah. It's like been calling everywhere. And, you know, <laughs> I, I do like throughout this entire midsection of movie where he is living this life. Uh, he is consistent, consistently kind of like subtly disgusted with everything. Just, Oh, because he's, well, yeah. Cause he's like uppity. Like I have lots of money yeah, and, and now he's in really like, nice places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like your man cave is gross. And then he like goes and looks in his closet and is just like, Oh no! <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the best. Is when he goes to like, yeah, they're like, because he gets home and Taylor and he's like, "Where have you been?" And you can't just disappear like this. And he's like, "I, I, I don't know." And yeah, he's like, "You spent like five hours putting your our daughter's bike together, and you didn't even see her when she opened it." And and he's standing outside, like I think he's like standing outside, ringing the bell, like trying to make thinking that's like the thing to make Don, Don Cheadle come back. Yeah, and the daughter sees it, is like, "Oh, cool, is that for me?" Thanks. <laughs> <Yoink>. <laughs> he puts yeah. it on her bike. Yeah. So he's he's stuck here, like essentially, and they're supposed to go to a Christmas party that evening, and that's when he goes to his closet and is like, he's like, go get changed. You're not wearing that. I don't care if you think it's funny, because you know, he's wearing like an NYU shirt and stuff, sweats and a big yeah. jacket, and um, and so he just goes to his closet and is like, oh, this is subpar. <laughs> that's what he actually says. <laughs> and I think this is when the daughter approaches him, like, because they he's had several like weird interactions with her. Where I think she walks up into him is, and she's basically like, "You're not my dad, are yeah. you?" She she knows immediately. She's like, "You're not my dad, are you?" And he's like, "Well, no, not really." And she's like, "Did the, the aliens do this? Did you come from the mothership?" Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, you know, he's will like, you just promise not to eat my face or yeah. whatever." It's like, don't worry, your dad loves you. He'll be back very soon. Yeah, I'll I'll do my best to not you know screw everything up. Yeah, because he has a very precocious daughter who yeah. is like smarter than she should be for her apparent yeah. age. But anyway, yeah. But so. she basically attempts to help him out throughout the movie of just mm-hmm. explaining things. But yeah, because like they go to the party and, you know, 
He, man, he goes straight for the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, downs like three glasses of scotch. And, and Jeremy Piven and his friends are like, hey, get over here. And he's like, glug, glug, glug. <laughs> and I can't remember the big dude, like that one guy you see in all the movies. Like, yeah. The, um, he's like, I'm going in for triple bypass surgery tomorrow. And he's like, like why are you eating that? Eating ribs and <laughs> drinking and stuff. He's like, they're going to clean me out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter if I eat this now? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, to try to follow all the plot points of this movie, because like, you know, He's just kind of like having a, a true actual existential crisis because he's not him and he and he has, has no memory of all of this, but he's trying to adjust. And yeah. so he's got this little like probably four or five year old girl um, and a newborn baby who can't talk yet. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, there's points where he's got to change the baby, has no idea how. And the daughter's again, just like pointing at stuff like that's what you do next. Yeah. So and he's got a sales job at her at his father in law's tire shop. <laughs> Big Ed's tire shop, and and he's just like you know he's got a shitty like wood panel office, and just yeah he doesn't he, like that. He's got bowling <laughs> trophies. I mean, it's like he's pretty much like everything that he wouldn't be were he working in New York City, like yeah. going bowling, living in the suburbs. Oh, when he so he <laughs> he goes into that office of his, and there's like some little trophy on his like bowlers do it in an alley, and he looks at it and just goes, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about his alternate life that he's discovering is just subtly making him sadder and sadder. He's mm-hmm. just like, dear God. But so the thing this movie does, and it's not the whole fantasy aspect of this is so false and phony and bullshit because so they've created this, this alternate glimpse of what his life would have been if he had come back and married Tia Leone. Mm-hmm. Well, her whole thing was that she was studying to be a lawyer and mm-hmm. she ended up doing nonprofit lawyering and stuff like that. But this alternate universe version of her is like a blank piece of paper. She's kind of like dumb and instantly forgiving for absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. Like Nicolas Cage is constantly fucking up or constantly saying, I'm not your real husband. And she will like fly into a rage and then, like, the next day is crawling all over him. Like, immediately have forgotten anything and everything that's happened. So, they're just... It's never even explained what Don Cheadle is supposed to be, actually. You're thinking, like, oh, he's an angel and he's showing him this alternate thing or whatever. Well, I but, mean, I think that's the idea with the bell and everything. Yeah, yeah. but it's, like, it's it's not in any way heavy-handed. It's no. no-handed. There's There's literally no explanation as to what this force is that is showing him this glimpse. Mm-hmm. But, like, you take a guy who is totally content and happy with his life, showing no signs of not being, and then you put him in this total fantasy scenario where your kids are pretty much okay, and your wife is pretty much agreeable to just about any of your crazy delusions, Mm -hmm. and is Tia Leone, for God's sake. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, I can see how that would sway me, Mm -hmm. but it's not genuine. It doesn't make any sense, and... I mean, I, the whole point of it is like to get him to the point where he realizes I would rather have this. Right. And they get him to that point and then yank him out of it. <laughs> yeah. OK. So, <laughs> the, I mean, the thing like this movie actually extends on past Christmas. It goes to like, oh, val- yeah, it, it goes to about like Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day yeah. yeah. Um, so like there there is a point where his old like he was. He was pretty much the president of the company yes. that he worked in in the real life, but there was still somebody higher than him, like the owner or whatever, like, like CEO or whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, he was the one running daily daily operations. So mm-hmm. that guy shows up at his tire shop because he's blown a tire. And basically, he's just like, here's my chance. 
I'm going to basically use all this knowledge I actually have. Yeah, and, he and uses gonna... all his crazy real knowledge of all these people to right. almost bully himself into taking over the company. Almost, it mm-hmm. just gets himself a job. Yeah. Um. So like, then he goes home and is like, "I think I can have the best of both worlds. Like, I can have my old job back, you know, and, and I can have this family. I can have this wife and my two kids and all this, and it'll yeah. be great. We'll move back to the city and all will be well. And I mean, she's just immediately like." How how dare you? Like how, you know? Like she she gives the logical reaction of like, no, I want to grow old in old in this house. I this is not the life I want. And then twelve hours later is like, I love you. So whatever it is you want to do, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. Which come on, yeah, <laughs> for God's sake, yeah. Like okay, so there there are there are several things in this movie that are, that are odd, but yet kind of end up being semi refreshing. Yeah, because like there is one of the party of friends I, I never really understood who everybody is except for like jeremy piven yeah um but like there there is one other somebody's wife mm-hmm. who's like got the hots for nicholas cage and is constantly hitting on him and uh, to what at which point you know because like it's still early enough in the in the cycle of him being this uh, alternate version of him that he's kind of in that like you know fuck it i can do whatever i want because this isn't real anyway yeah and so he just straight up he's like do we do we want to fuck is that what's going on here and she's like oh well we've danced around this for so long i yes yeah (laughs) um and he and he basically goes to jeremy piven is like hey you know what's your face wants to have an affair with me and he's like are you he hands him a napkin and says write her at write her directions to her house on this i'm gonna go have sex with her yeah and he's like wait what (laughs) and and i mean rightly so like i mean that's what i that's what i kind of like is like Unlike something like Jingle All the Way, which is just pure fantasy land where it's like yeah. nobody's acting like a human at all. Like Jeremy Piven is basically like, dude, are you crazy? Like, yeah. have you met Kate? Yeah. Like, she's awesome. And everyone around you is jealous of you and her. You have the perfect wife. Yeah. What are you like, doing? What the what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And he's just kind of like, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. Yeah. Because you know, at first he's like, look, you don't understand, but I don't. The rules here really don't apply to me. So I'm just going to go do this. Right. And Jeremy Piven is just like, oh, hell no. Look. Yeah. You cannot make a deposit at the infidelity bank. <laughs> they close your account. Yeah. yeah. So it, it talks a bit out <laughs> yeah. of that. Well, actually, I, I like what he said. He says, like, you're a member of the fidelity bank. And it's yeah. like, if you make a deposit anywhere else, they they never forgive you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. But he basically... It just, he, gets, he gets the opportunity to, like, you know, am I going to take the job? Am I not going to take the job? You know, but I still want my family and I, yeah, you know, I totally everything for the family. Like I am about the family now. And yeah, that's about the time. It's like, yoink, you're out of there. You're back in your old life. Yeah. They managed to get him to the point where he is like, I'm totally cool with this life from here on out. Mm-hmm. I am so fine with this. And that's he like hears the bell and turns around and the, and the daughter's there. And he's like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. this is going to be it, isn't it? And then he. You know, yeah. Well, I think he bumps into Don Cheadle somewhere. He, go, uh, he goes. Oh, he's working at a different station store. Yeah. <laughs> But he's working there, and like, girl pays with a dollar, and he's like, "Oh, so out of ten, yeah." He's just like waiting, like, "You gonna say something?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and then he so he knows when he goes to sleep, like he's gonna wake up, and he he tries incredibly hard not to go to sleep, mm-hmm. like he's like Nightmare on Elm Street trying to stay awake, yep. and you know, eventually just wakes back up in his former life, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Ah, oh, hell, well, I guess I'll go to work," and work is imploding, mm-hmm. like fucking shit is going crazy, but. In the beginning of the movie, like he so he had gotten a message saying that you know Kate wanted to get in touch with him, and he was like, "Nah, I don't want to deal with that." But then he tracks Kate down. Right. He he drives out to the house mm-hmm. where they were living in Fantasyland, and of course, 
Kate doesn't live there. No. So, but he tracks Iron her down. Iron Man's dad was there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Iron right. Man's real dad, yeah. not, not John Slattery. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Robert Downey Sr. Yeah. But yeah, so Kate is like a successful lawyer and is moving to Paris mm-hmm. and... You know, Nicholas Cage shows up and she's like, oh, hi, I yeah, have hi. a box of your old shit. That's why I was calling. Yeah. That's really it. That's all I wanted. So here, take this. And he's like, yeah, but... Uh, coffee? Make some uh, coffee? Talk? And she's like, ah, if you're ever in Paris, look me up. And so he drives around for a bit and he's just like, nah, I get, we got to go make a scene at the airport. So goes to the airport and just launches into the speech of all of their fantasy well, life. Well, first he's just like, you know, I... I've, I've made a big mistake by getting yeah. in the plane. She's like, dude, if you need closure, I'm over it. Like, yeah, you need to okay. go over to it. And then that's when he's like, yeah. we have a house in New Jersey, two kids. And yeah. she's like, okay, crazy guy. I guess I'll go have some coffee with you. Yeah. So it's, it's weird that the end of this movie is talking her out of a career. Like he's kind of given up on him. Like he was supposed to go to Aspen to romance some dude who mm-hmm. the deal is all falling apart with, but apparently he, you know, sidesteps that to do this. But yeah, he basically shows up at the airport and is just like, hey, forget your career. Come chill out with me. And it's it, there's no resolution to this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. the movie ends with the two of them having coffee in the airport as they're cleaning up and shutting down. But I, I don't know. It's just every, every turn in this movie is slightly odd, but also refreshing in a way that's like other movies don't do this. Mm-hmm. It's tr- I can't I cannot put my finger on this. So, yeah. All right. Well. I'll, I'll rate it first, I guess. Oh, all right, sure. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think this is like. I would throw this alongside a, a something I hear a lot of people malign, but I think is a, a perfectly fine movie. I would throw this alongside Click. Okay. Like, I think like they're not perfect recreations of It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. but they're both very servo- serviceable in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I would say this is worth watching. Like I, I think this is. Not perfect, but I like there's there's some genuine human um, acting and, and reacting in this. Like, it's not just like, you know, it's obviously a fantastical situation, but and he's aware of it. But like every and and sometimes people downplay when he's straight up saying, like, I don't belong here. <laughs> he's sometimes acting weird, but they're yeah. like, maybe he's just prone to being wacky from time to time. <laughs> it's not really ever established what this other version of Nicolas Cage is actually like, yeah. other than he watches like a. Uh, video from some past birthday or something like that, where he publicly sang to her at a barbecue, which kind of echoed back to him singing the thing like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to sing in front of you because I'm shy. And it's like, there, that's the thing is like, there, there are little hints dropped in this movie mm-hmm. that I think are, are, are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I, I appreciate movies for dropping the hints and letting you piece them together yourself instead of like, Hey, remember when we showed you this? It was important. Right. Let's flash back to it because you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. So, like, you kind of have to remember that he was like, I'm shy of singing. And then this situation basically was like, I, I love her so much that I don't care if I'm making an ass of myself in front of everybody. Yeah. It, it kind of is, like, significant, you know. But I do like, though, when he realizes he's about to start singing, watching the video, he's like, oh, God, no, guy, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> please. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it two jocks. Like I actually think it's I think it's pretty decent, and I I would say it's it's worth watching around Christmas time. It's not it's certainly nowhere near the top or like something you need to throw in your regular rotation. But I feel like it's a movie you should watch once or twice. Yeah, you know, like Click is. I think I don't know why. I think Click just came at a time where it's like people were like firmly already in the fuck Adam Sandler camp, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, that that one's actually pretty okay. Like it's a hell of a lot better than 
little Nikki and infinitely better than everything he did after it. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I some people like anger time. management, you know, like it's, it's I'm just saying, like it was in that time where we were like, no, the tides have turned on Adam Sandler. So fuck this movie, too. Right. I'm like, no, clicks actually. OK, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's again, it's a little dumb because like they give like doofy guy who I don't know. I'm sure somebody thinks Adam Sandler in his heyday or Nick Cage is a sexy guy. But like, you know, Nick Cage married to Tay Leone or Adam Sandler married to Kate Beckinsale. It's like, all right, you know, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. I got problems with that. <laughs> right. No, I mean, like the character. Like, yes. I got to cheat on that. It's like, no, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I agree with you too, Jocks. I, um, everything about the premise of this movie makes me want to hate it. Like it makes me want to tear my hair out of just like taking this character who's totally okay with his life, plopping him into a total fantasy land, making him okay with that and then ripping him out of that. It's just, it seems like it's punishing a guy for literally nothing. Well, I, I I don't think like, okay, so where four Christmases kind of went wrong was the like, no, you're doing it wrong. Mm Indy. this was more, as Don Cheadle said, it's a glimpse. Like yeah. this is a, this is a what if comic from right. the Marvel universe. Like what if you had this? And yeah. like maybe he realizes, yeah, I, I actually do kind of want that. Like I've, I've, fo- I've laser focused on this one half of my life that I completely neglected the other half. Yeah. And now I need to figure out the best of both worlds. You know, like because I still don't think, I mean, he might have settled in and like enjoyed New Jersey life, but I, I feel like the ultimate one is like they're going to be a couple of New York yuppies if they end up staying together and just. Yeah, raise your kids in the city as they said they couldn't possibly do earlier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um so I think for me what made it work is Nicolas Cage in this is he is kind of overreacting to a lot of things in the way that you want a Nick Cage freak out to go, mm-hmm. but I think there's some genuine acting and emotion from him to where he is the glue that holds this together and you are on his side for the entire roller coaster that he goes on like at the beginning you're like yeah his life is cool and then he's ripped out of it into this and you're just like dude don't tolerate this get out of it and then you know it's the things that happen to him along the way that make him okay with this glimpse aren't schmaltzy or you know cliched or anything like that it's just Mm -hmm. kind of this like maybe all of this kind of unknowing and just, you know, it, maybe it's all okay. Maybe I don't have to have total dominance over my own life and everything. It, none of it felt, it, this didn't feel paint by numbers. This didn't mm-hmm. feel, you know, like a movie for your parents. This didn't feel like that kind of thing. It, it felt like it had a, a level of intelligence to it a little bit. Um, you know, the supporting cast is good, better than I thought it would be. So, yeah, I agree. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Christmas is over. That was your glimpse into Christmas of July. Now you're back to your normal shitty lives. Well, I know we are. Because, <laughs> man, what we have lined up next is going to be just awesome. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, this is a, this is a path that I've never gone down before. So you will regret it in roughly twenty minutes into the first one. <laughs> that I, bad, huh? I can almost guarantee you that. I don't know what twenty minutes of these I've seen, but you know, we, <laughs> I, we danced around it so long. Do we want to just tell them? Yeah, I mean, sure. Here's what we're doing in August, everybody. Uh, I had a thought where I said, you know, I've never seen a Spy Kid. <laughs> There's four of those. There are. I'm curious about those things because there's a million people in those movies. There famous people. Sure are. 
And Robert Rodriguez has made a movie or two that I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, sure. He, yeah, he did once, or yeah. twice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're gonna watch all four of the Spy Kids movies. Yep. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm happy about though? What? What's that? Is that we're only doing one a week? Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna free up like so much time. And, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> These episodes might be 20 minutes long as we go like, I don't know, CG nightmare and then another CG nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the little kids are uncomfortably adults now and it's weird. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spy teens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that'll be a good time. Sure. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so you guys should come back in August and listen to us talk about the spy kids. Thanks for giving us your dollar to allow us to do this. <laughs> yeah. You're fly kids. <laughs> um yeah so uh thanks everybody for you know supporting the the patreon and and providing this show with the means to uh buy the spy kids movies (laughs) (laughs) and watch them Uh uh-huh so yeah really thanks a lot and if you're listening on the on the regular feed hey get caught up man yeah just get these when they come out when they're fresh (laughs) fresh uh it's only a dollar and uh, I think you can tell how much fun we're having. So much fun. And we're hoping it's translating over to fun for you. Absolutely. That's why we do this. <laughs> we want our fun to be your fun. Yeah. So uh, we got an email from uh, Jay from Vegas. Jagus. Jagus. <laughs> Writes us a lot. Gets onto the show because he has hot takes. So here's one related to a BAMcast Extra episode we did a long time ago. Okay. Uh, He says, hello, Harlow and Chuck. Jay from Vegas here, and I've been catching up on my backlog of Banffcast Extra. I just finished your double feature of Redline and Biker Boys. Oh, that was a long time ago. (laughs) When I was reminded of my college newspaper circa 2000. I don't know if this was some weird experiment, but if the reviewer hated a movie, the second paragraph would start would start a review of her most recent sexual experience and always ended with the final paragraph explaining that the editor never reads articles before printing them. I guess the point is that I applaud you two for actually doing your job and reviewing bad movies, even when it's fucking unwatchable garbage like Redline and Biker Boys. Seriously, I saw both of those in theaters, and I feel like I owe each of you a beer along with my Patreon money. Well, money's fine. Uh, anyways, I look forward to Christmas in July, only if only to see if you reference the Christmas came twice this year line from The World Is Not Enough. Oh, we didn't. We forgot. Anyway, Crash and Burn, Jay Out, sent from my disturbed CD covered in Axe body spray. <sighs> yeah, I barely remember anything about either of those, other than, like, there wasn't much bikering in Biker Boys. I do remember that. There was no conflict in Biker yeah, Boys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, <laughs> Redline, I don't remember a fucking thing about. I seem to remember somehow I liked that one a little bit better, but I don't know why. Couldn't tell you why now. You get colors. <laughs> yeah, I probably had. There was bright, shiny things the, happening. The lady in it was super hot. Yeah, there was that too. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, we, we faithfully reviewed those movies, man. We didn't just talk a bunch about bullshit and then give it a rating. So. I wonder if she, like, I mean, nothing against her, but I'm, I'm curious, like, how often she didn't like movies <laughs> and or how often did she how have new she stories? New sexual yeah, yeah, new stories to tell. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's just if you're a very negative person, like you know, you must be also be a very promiscuous person. So, as we said earlier, that's fine. I'm just it's, now my curiosity is peaked. You could just always have a unique sexual experience every time you have one, that's, so it's worth writing about. That's true. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but we won't do that here. We will always review the movies. Yeah. 
We don't have sex. (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) So on that note, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And this is BevGuest Extra out. Now it's winter and the snow is piling (laughs) (laughs) Let's change the holiday vacation far away. It's Christmas in July. There's nothing there but time. Gin tonic and some lime. Next Christmas in July. Our blues are on the run. We're soaking up the sun. Next Christmas in July.